What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Of course, you know it's your boy Beehive Radio shouting. Stepping in the building, I got a hip hop legend, icon, one of my favorite artists and producers <laughs> of all time, slash actor in this thing. DB David Banner, what's good with I it, bro? Appreciate it, man. I'm so proud of you, man. Plaques man. and new offices <laughs> and lights and shit. I'm trying to do like a Banner vision I in this thing. It, man. You Come feel on, me? Man. Come, Come on, on now. Come on. Banner, God Box 2. Yeah. What's happening with this thing, man? Uh, we're gonna wipe them. Ooh, we're gonna wipe them like straight up. It's 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 crazy because I I really think because of the type of person that I am, mm -hmm. I really haven't allowed myself the space to get the respect that uh, is is just. Yeah, and I think that's just a southern thing. I think we're just good people. Facts. You know what I'm saying? But that shit don't motherfuckers forget about you. You feel me? Yeah. So like, you know, I Sally and Artie and right now, uh, Sally. like we came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I mean with that God Box One, you whipped out CeeLo Green Big Crit. Mm -hmm. I mean a pimp C sample in that thing and a whole lot more. Yeah. What are you breaking out the box for this one? Uh two chains. Ooh. Uh tip. My God. Uh Juicy J. <laughs> Oh, uh, Raheem Devon. Yeah. Who else, bro? It's a lot. Oh, I actually can. I actually can, bro. Don't get it. We got. We, you already gave up enough shit. Oh, we got them. No, it's a, it's a lot more. Okay, so what was the creative process behind this one, though? Um, this one's gonna be different. Uh -huh. Um, I, I want to come back uh -huh. after the album is released. Yeah. Because people are not gonna believe this shit you know what i'm saying um i just had to channel new energy mm -hmm. and uh sort of meet the world where it is yeah it's observation of what the world is today mm -hmm. and uh i think some people gonna be heartbroken <laughs> <laughs> and some people gonna be real fucking happy yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah. either way we on the ass musically like i'm challenging anybody like find a weakness in it yeah you know what i'm saying find a reason not to give it to us i mean versus all the way down. Um, oh, one surprise is too that I'm happy about too is Devin the dude. Ooh, yeah, De Devin is on there too. But uh, when people hear the full lineup, yeah, yeah, I really think, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about surviving COVID nineteen though, Banner. I mean, what was these last year and a half or two years been like for you trying to maneuver in this new world we done found ourselves in right now? Uh, well, actually, bro, our company, we. Six, six, four, 46 times profit. That's right. Like we, we quieted up to be honest with you. And we didn't, you know, we didn't double up or triple up. Yeah. Like, uh, I think we were prepared. Mm. You know, I, I, I saw, I don't, I can't say that. I can't say I saw it, but, uh, Katrina mm -hmm. was my COVID. Katrina was, okay. you know, what really showed me that it, it can all be pulled from you. Cause what people don't remember like if you go back and really look at it, and I didn't realize it until later, when play dropped, yeah, that is when records first stopped selling. Ooh. So my album came out the first wave of when records really stopped selling. Yeah. So like I got the number one single on the radio. Mm -hmm. We thinking seven hundred, eight hundred thousand. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like when when when. You know, I think we did like 250, 300,000, but at that time, 
you know that wasn't yeah. much for the for the type of record that we put out and it sort of showed me that shit can be taken like from you yeah you know what i mean and from that point i just decided that we was gonna go back to our old grind you yeah. know got us an office yeah put a team together you know when it got regina you know sally yeah and like from clothing you know all the way to movies to cartoons um, we actually produced the Third Good Marshall College Fund, and we actually—I can't say the exact numbers—but we doubled their expectancy. What? Uh, what? Best Buy commercials. Yeah. Bro, I done twelve to fifteen major Fortune 500 companies. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me about switching up the game, though, Banner, because you got a lot of one-trick ponies out here mm -hmm. that wouldn't understand that I need to use my platform to create a business and have more longevity and other streams of income as well. Well, well, for me, what happened with me is it ended up being that. Yeah. But it's like, bro, I score movies. I score video games. Like, when you heard the end of, you know, the song with me and Big Crit, my Uzi yeah. at the end of it, like, that's the kind of shit I like. Exactly. You know, and it, it's, it seemed to me that rap was starting to get in a hole that I didn't want to be in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what people don't understand is that I helped create a lot of what is actually here right now. Mm -hmm. Of course, people never say it, you know, but I was Facts. a part of that. Yeah. You know, and... It was funny because I had went up to a major label to finish a, a song deal that I had a long time ago. Yeah. And um, dude told me he named out six producers and he said, the sound today is from these six producers and you one of them producers. He was like, I got nine requests to sample Like a Pimp on my desk right now. <laughs> and, and two records came out that were charting yeah. that had you know, one of the Spotify number one songs was a sample of Like a Pimp. Mm -hmm. So he was like, bro, I know how creative you are, um, but if you would go back, and, she, and he actually told me, he said, it's because you still use the drum machine. Yeah. He's like, dude, a lot of these kids, like they're inside of computers. Mm -hmm. So the, the sound that, you know, those drum machines had that was out of the box yeah. has just a little bit more kick to it. So, bro, we... Sort of went back. Um, Duke Deuce. We got a song with uh, me, T.I., Duke Deuce, Mash the Hook. My God. Um, with Juicy J and KLC. <laughs> sprinkled a little something special on top of it, you know? My God. So, yeah. How does that feel, though, Banner? Because, I mean, you can only imagine coming up, y'all had mm -hmm. the Isley Brothers to sample, Michael mm -hmm. Jackson, James Brown, and all these other different artists to sample. Mm -hmm. And now you look up and these younger artists are sampling them some David Banner. Mm -hmm. What I wish, what I really wish is that instead of sample, just come to me. Ooh. Let me give you the real sauce. Ooh. Like, a lot of times I hear something, but... When I do something, you can ask anybody that worked for me, I'm trying to beat the original. Facts. Like, there's so many samples that I have, but if I can't do the song justice, yeah. I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. So, give me some co-production -produ credits or let me do the beat. I feel like, you. I'm still, like, I still got hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let me put the real sauce in there. Yeah. But the thing is, man, is that I'm grateful to these kids that they see value. Yeah. Because sometimes the kids see more value in you than your peers do. Come on now. You know, um, 
I do want to I do want to give a shout out though. I'm gonna keep it under wraps, but I I, I do want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Griselda. Yes, sir, Benny. Um, what up, though? They they those boys handled me mm-hmm. like I feel like we should handle each other. Come on now, you know. And and for me, like I'm like yo, like that's how all of us should really deal with each other. Yeah. If any of them boys need anything from me, they got it. Well, see, that, that's a good group of guys over there, though, too. They gets busy, and yeah. they keep it real. You yeah. see what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, Ben and them, and they got bars, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I know you got to keep it up under wraps, but then just being able to work with somebody that's going to bring the bars yeah. to the music as well, what is that like? Yeah. <laughs> all, I, all, I, all I'm going to say is um, working with those guys was probably – and I didn't been around a lot of people in my life. I that, was, that was one of the most challenging times for me as an MC. Like that okay. was that was okay. yeah, like they really, 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 really lyrically stepped it up. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, I had that opportunity on my last album with 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 Black Thought. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and I believe Tip does that. Too, but I almost feel like me and Tip, like we all on the same team. Y'all it's not a com- it's not the com it's not a competition thing, yeah. but we still men. Yeah, like Tip always keeps that. Like even hearing Tip's album, yeah, um, the album that most people didn't hear. Like it's mm-hmm. like yeah, like and so being in with somebody new and 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 watching how they work and 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 and, and watching. You know, I, I'll, I'll give you one example. Um, Benny came to the David Banner podcast. Yes, sir. And one of the top DJs in the world was in the session. Mm. And um, I was, like, trying to introduce Benny to the DJ, you know, to help out. Because this yeah. was before they blew blue. Yeah. And Benny just wanted to get in the booth. He wasn't worried about the podcast. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> he wasn't worried about the podcast. He wasn't. And then I asked him. Mm-hmm. I say, bro, you gonna you gonna jump in the booth? Yeah. He looked at me like jump in the booth. He's like, that's that's what I do. Come on now. He was like, that other shit is cool, <laughs> but that, and like he he did the verse over and over again, and we had to tell him like, dog, you good? Like, yeah. But like that's that's what you need. Like that's the competition that we need to really push us where we need to go. Thanks. And I I really believe not just as a southerner, but I believe the God Box too worldwide like intergalactic you know and, and we don't need we ain't gonna have to do too much talking i'm with you uh, on that but it's a it's it's a couple real big surprises i actually went and pulled one of the greatest of all time oh, i went back shit. in history oh just a little bit <laughs> i went back in history a little bit and pulled somebody nobody gonna believe that mm-hmm. you know? i'm also i'm actually tempted to not even put his name yeah, on the Ooh. album and let people hear. Who yeah, because every time people hear it, they be like, "What the fuck? How you do that?" You know, I already know what that is. I hate to say it. I don't even want to guess because I think I got that. Hey, one. But let me tell I you, I got that one. But let me tell you, um, when when I when I asked him, I was like, "Bro, like, why, why did you why you jump on the record so quick?" And he said, "Because black." He said, uh, "Black social media said we need to protect David Banner." Ooh. He says, so, you know, that's what I'm doing. And I was like, shit, bet. 
Bound to talk to me about the podcast, man, right. because I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Right. Some of my favorite episodes, the one with Tump was off the damn right. chain. Right. The one with the goodie when y'all had to hit the booth at the same time. That right. was crazy, too. Right. So what was that like going into that podcast field uh, and raising hell? So it's crazy because we had stepped into the podcast game a little bit early. Yeah. And... um it was before it really got popular amongst black people. And um, I had, um, I said that I just wanted it to be how it is when we talking. Cause a lot of times bro, people get on the microphone and then they get scared. Put, they put their, well, not just get scared, but they put their personality on. Yeah. Like the way that our podcast is, is the shit that we talk every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about and, and the thing was is that people believe because I'm conscious and because I'm smart that I don't want to have fun either. Come on now. It's just that I can't waste time yeah. when I'm on other people's shit because stuff is going on and need to be talked about, talk right? Talk about it, yeah. And if I don't hear other people talking about it, I think it's my responsibility as a man and I have to fulfill that duty first. That's right. But on my podcast, I didn't really want to bring that shit. Like, if everybody conscious now, then we gonna act a motherfucking fool. Yeah. If everybody acting a motherfucking fool, then we conscious today. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we just, what people don't realize though, bro, we did three years worth of podcast work in one year. My God. With video. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. my podcast was all, always meant, or our podcast was always meant to be a TV show. That's right. You know what I'm saying? We only pulled it back to a podcast to practice, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, to be around people that I love, that's my friends that I die for. Yeah. And we can actually get on and talk our shit and yeah. make music because nobody had really scored a podcast like Come me. Come on now. Like, like, Again, that's something else that we do and people don't give you credit, like putting tags before your names, before beats and shit that people never talk about. We won't talk about that, but I'm just saying that. It was a couple of times I couldn't get off the intro of the podcast because I had to put that motherfucker over <laughs> beat, brother. <laughs> like, it's the like hell yeah, before this man. podcast starts. Yeah, man. So it's it's like, it, it's like, bro, and then... We we brought Anthony Broder on. He was uh, from the Broder. I meant to bring you a fucking book. Yeah, I was gonna bring you one. Yeah. Um, he was the introduction to consciousness for yeah. me. So for him now to be a friend and a mentor to be able to bring him on, um, and it was funny because I had showed the map. Mm -hmm. Like now, the Monique, the, the episode that we had of Monique was the top uh, viewed one. Yeah. But then when Anthony Broder pulled out our timeline of, of, of African people mm -hmm. and the whole timeline went across the whole fucking room and about this much is the history that white people talk about. Yeah. And the existence of white people were only this much, but our timeline went all the way across the room. And I remember when I first got the timeline, I put it across the floor in my house and Sali got down and was looking at it. And he was like, bro, yeah, like this, all of why they don't like why they don't teach us this shit and i was like bro because we'd be free yeah if we knew that we created mathematics then we wouldn't be talking about math this hard you come feel on what I'm now saying? so to have him on there man and talk that shit and then he called me and said that he had a 800 percent rise in his business <laughs> because that's what we supposed to be of doing our podcast exactly bro we have helped but what's eight eight businesses 
There was one business in particular that I want to talk about, uh, Bay Candles. Yeah. Bay Candles was inspired to start their business because of us. Then they turned around and bought advertisement. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? And that company started booming because, okay, so we influenced them and then they can't turn back around and then invest in the show. Exactly. That was the best feeling That's ever. what we're yeah. supposed to be doing, though. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about talking that shit on your podcast and just really sharing knowledge and exchanging it, mm. how much do you feel like your education played into your podcast, your music, and your business acumen right now? Uh, I don't know because um, I, was a fa- I, was, I was a fairly smart kid all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, I've always been intelligent. I used to dial it back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I I've, I've 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 been that way. So I think my intelligence has to do with everything, but I don't think that's all school. Yeah. I think it's growing up in Jackson, Mississippi during the time that Jackson, Mississippi was the murder capital of the United States. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I really believe I hear people talking about if you can survive in your city, you can survive anywhere for sure. Yeah. If you can survive in Jackson, Mississippi, you can survive anywhere. You know, um, you know, going to Southern University and then becoming SGA president, I think that helped me from a leadership perspective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, having the staff learning how to let go and let other people help you. Come on, in schooling. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So it wasn't necessarily just me reading books. That's mm. a lot of it, mm. but I think it's me being um, um, open to the world. I told a friend of mine today. Um, who's Muslim, I said, what we don't understand is that the extra chapters to the Bible and to the Quran are being written every day. Yeah. And I said, based on your interaction mm. in life, it's different. Like if, if, if you a giver, then the part in the Bible or the Quran that talks about selfishness is going to be different to you. That's right. Okay. Well, if you selfish, when they talk about giving, that passage is gonna mean something different to you also based on the type of person you are at that time. And that changes. Yeah. So I think every day that I live, bro, is is an opportunity for me to learn and and I'm able to listen. You know, I got young blood around me, man. I got I got, you know, elders around me. I got yes, people who I trust enough and I know that they care about me that I can listen to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when I fuck up, they tell me I'll fuck up and, and we change this <laughs> shit, keep it moving. I'm with you. Yeah. Being able to speak to Congress on the state of hip hop and racism in general, when are you going back in there to speak again? And what was that like the first time when you went in there raising cane? All right, so I tell you this crazy shit. My homeboy Elwood Muhammad. Yeah. So I wasn't nervous until right before I got ready to go in. My homeboy told me he was like, "Bro, you know you' about to debate with some of the smartest people on this planet, <laughs> some of the most powerful people." He's like, "Do you know where you are?" <laughs> And then I was like, no, not really. And this right before I'm about to walk in this bitch, right? Then I started thinking about that shit like, oh, yeah. fuck. You know what I mean? But no, I, I was really prepared for that, man. And that was a crowning moment because what people don't understand, it was really going at our First Amendment rights. Yeah. Like, they passed laws. I even watched while I was sitting in Congress how they tuck bills in, inside of other bills. Yes, sir. So they may have a bill, you know, about black violence or 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 protecting cops who don't need protection, they may slide that in the bill about water. Yep. And so when the whole bill is signed, <laughs> anything that's encapsulated inside in of that the, bill is passed, yeah. right? So I'm watching all this shit that we not paying attention to, and I'm like, oh whoa. Yeah. So like to be able to represent 
you know, hip hop and show these kids that like, yeah, the shit that they talked about in the streets about me, that that was a part of my life, but that wasn't all of it. Yeah. I think people think we're a, a monolithic people. And I think Tip said it best when, when he was on the Breakfast Club. Like Angela Yee said, you know, you're a pimp, you're a father, you're an activist. Like, yeah. which one are you? And Tip was I'm like, all I'm that. all of them. Exactly. I'm fucking all of them. Ain't none of it fake. Exactly. You know, so for me to be able to use my intelligence, and then if we, you know, have to go in another direction, we could do that too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> however, <laughs> however they want to do it. What do you think about nonsense becoming common sense nowadays, Bounder? I, I don't pay I don't pay attention to ignorance. Mm-hmm. Just to be honest with you, bro, I think what happens is is when intelligent people spend too much time focusing mm-hmm. on ignorance. The problem that I have is that, you know, we allow certain people to speak for us when they shouldn't. You know, um, I fought the interviewers a lot of times. It's You know who to ask what questions to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and for some reason, black people have allowed, you know, I, me and Sally talk about this all the time. Like, just because you had money back in the day didn't mean that you weren't lame. Yeah. You can hang out. We'll spend your money. But you know you fucking lame. We know you fucking lame. <laughs> you fucking lame. Yes, sir. Right now, it seems like followers and having some bread or the bag is the past and even the so-called elders even the so-called tough motherfuckers are letting people buy who shouldn't direct our fucking culture and if they do it should be by themselves and it shouldn't be a blanket like this is us like no you fucking lame exactly you know and 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 for me i i just i just try to focus on us doing us like I, I can't worry about nobody. I don't care what nobody else is doing, um, because I believe in the end, it's only gonna be asked what I did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I really don't give a fuck. And if people choose ignorance over me, then that's what the fuck you get. Yeah, like because that's how I feel. Like motherfuckers will come to me when it's revolution time, but yeah. you didn't support me over here. I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you just use me. And I got a staff to pay. I exactly. got a grandmother on my motherfucking staff. Thanks. So you want to give your money to the motherfuckers who treat you like crackers treat you. They treat Come you just on. like fucking crackers treat you. But then when you need help and ain't no money involved yeah. or ain't no assistance or support, then you go get the other motherfuckers who been trying to love on you for life? Oh, no, not me. <laughs> no, we changed our focus this year, bro. I feel that. You know, our focus in our company is employing people. Yeah. So, like, that's the reason why I hadn't been on the front lines talking a whole bunch of shit because the real truth is, um, and I keep forgetting this man's name. I have to remember his name. But a wise man said that you can't lead the people, you can't lead the people unless you can feed the people. Come on now. So, you know, I could talk to Sali about doing better. Yeah. But if I can help his lifestyle, he at least consider me. Come on now. Because he be wanting to bust motherfuckers' head all the time. <laughs> Sally over there. Crazy <laughs> hell. And I be like, no, bro. Like it's 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 a better way. Just But I always tell him though, bro, don't don't lose your wolf. What was it like it. scaling that business though, Banner? Because a lot of times we try to do everything ourselves. So mm-hmm. being able to release that authority and being able to delegate at the same time and bring folks in that you can trust to take that Banner vision to another level. What was that experience like for you? I have this thing that I say about women and it applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about women. Yeah, You can only trust people as much 
as they can trust themselves. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is if, you know, <laughs> if your girl give a good back rub, mm-hmm. uh, you can't trust that she won't get nobody else a back rub. I right, know. Now, if your girl don't give back rubs, the only thing <laughs> that you can trust that she won't do is give a back rub. A good one. At you know least. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can only trust people as far as they can trust themselves. Yeah. Uh, I watch how Sali handle his own business. Yeah. I watch how the type of person he was as a man. Yeah. Like when I met him, he was always on time. Mm-hmm. He always had his shit together. And I never forget, I gave him a test. Uh, he made some hats for me. Yeah. Because he designs all the clothes for the company. Right. And... I was listening to him on the phone. He didn't even know I was listening. Mm-hmm. He was on the dude about his hats. This was for him, right? Yeah. Then I ordered like a small number of hats and I listened to him on the phone with the dude. He had the same conversation, mm-hmm. but was more adamant yeah. about my hats. Is it? So what I'm saying is I can only trust the type of businessman and how he handles himself. Yeah. I'll make it even easier to you. If a motherfucker is talking shit about another person mm-hmm. to you, Best believe that you're probably getting that say, do I gossip about people? I don't gossip about people, generally. Yeah. I don't say nothing about no. It ain't my motherfucking business. That's right. So that's what you can trust for me. Come on. That if I say something, I'm going to say it to your face. Come on. Or I'm not going to say it at all. You can only trust me as much as I can trust myself. If you're an honorable motherfucker. So I looked at what Sali did. I watched Regina. Um, Regina and and Jazzy Faye were the first two people to let me in the studio. Mm. You know, and Regina treats me this treats my business the same way she did when she had the power when I was begging her to let me an outcast studio. Yeah. She treated me the same way. Yeah. So now I employ her, she treats me the same way. And that's the reason why I honor my folk. Come on. And the other thing is Sali's a fly motherfucker. So I know my clothes gonna be fly because he don't like whack shit. <laughs> Come on. So speaking of, bro, what we got here? Shit out. What we got here? Look at the bag. Okay. Yeah. Look at the bag. Oh, oh. Let me pull it out, uh-huh. Battle. Let me pull it out. Oh, nigga. Right, come on. It came with the real deal in this Open thing. Up, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hold up. Oh, I'm over here going. He got cups. Cup. Exactly. Shit. Goddamn, get this thing open in here. I need these. I needed uh-huh. these. Ooh, ooh. So, ooh. And these the slides that just came out that matched that. Oh, that and I, 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 I gotta give Big Gil uh, credit for that because the flip flops and the socks and the sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> ooh. DavidBetter.com. Oh man, it's but hard. but like even with that, bro, like mm-hmm. we understood that when people think about black mm-hmm. and independent. First thing that most people, that white people have have influenced us to think is that it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Everything about our shit, you know what I'm saying? That's it's ours. Yeah, like we're in the process. Oh, and I gotta tell you about that too. Um, is it right here? We, this, we, this is what I came here for. Like we man, like like we manufacture our clothes. Like you know, when we started off, we was like everybody else printing our shit on somebody else. But no, we manufacture our clothes. Now our I clothes are manufactured for us. Yeah, and. I actually want to have a conversation with a couple of business people that I, I care about here in Atlanta. And like the next level is manufacturing. Yeah. Just period. You know, we, we want to get to the point where, you know, my real dream is 
to do one major project where white people are not connected to it at all. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with sustaining our own communities. Exactly. Because I believe people respect you more when you don't need them. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So like our clothes, our music, everything that we do. I, I want to get to the point when when I deal with corporations, all they got to do is cut the check. Come on now. We know all the actors because I'm an actor. We yeah. know we got the cameras and everything that you need, the music. Just cut the check, give us the whole bag, and we're going to come back with a product. I know you're not racist because a lady by the name of Wendy Day mm-hmm. told the story of a young David Bounder coming uh, up to New York trying to make it do what it was supposed to do. What was that like being young and hungry, having to drive all the way up there and sleep in the park? Well, for, well, first of all, uh, black people can't be racist. In order to be racist, you must have the power to keep somebody from doing something. Yeah. We don't own no water. We don't mm-hmm. own no like electricity. We don't own no hospitals, no organic. Uh, we, we barely farm anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not possible. You can be a bigot. Mm-hmm. You can be an asshole. Yeah. But if you don't control anything, you have to have power yeah. to stop somebody from doing something or you have the power to force something on somebody like taking shots and shit when you don't know what's in it but anyway um um moving to new york homeless bro um was crazy um i don't know i don't know if i should tell this story i'll give you a story that nobody ever had before yeah um my uncle when I went up to New York, I was staying with my ex-girlfriend because I went to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. I was staying with my ex-girlfriend's mother who stayed in Trenton, New Jersey. And I thought that I could take the train back and forth from Trenton to New York. Mm-hmm. But the the one-way ticket just from Trenton to New York was all the money that I had in my pocket. Yeah. So, like, my clothes are still, a lot of my clothes are still at my ex-girlfriend's mama's house. Mm-hmm. So I had that pistol at the time. I didn't know that it was mandatory three years, Ooh. you know, in New York. So this is a story a lot of people don't know about. Um, uh, I was sleeping on her floor at the time. Mm-hmm. And the guy that stayed in the, because it was a really big loft that stayed in the loft, he was one of the top club promoters. Mm-hmm. So the night that I had got comfortable in New York and felt like I didn't need my pistol no more and I left it at home. Um, we were with John Forte. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if y'all know what ended up happening to John Forte, but we were walking down the street that I'm talking about the night after this how I know God is with me. Yeah. Um, like we got accosted by the feds. Mm. Like, and shit, I could have possibly been in jail for a very, very, very long time. You exactly. know what I'm saying? And then one well, yeah. So like, so like that whole process, you know, um, me and Raskaz got tight at the time. Me and Raskaz became roommates. Yeah. Um, and Raskaz has like a video because he was documenting it on like that's when you had the little whole like uh, VHS yeah. things. Um, well, I told him I said the world gonna need me one day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I could just. I never really thought about how dangerous it was because I had never been to New York before. Yeah. You know, um, just to give people context, we were I was in a group called Crooked Letters back yeah. when Noriega was running a whole rap game and, and that was to say he was signed to the same label. And I have to say, like Noriega uh was one of the few people who really supported 
Southern music when nobody else was supporting music. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Cypher Sounds was another person in New York that was really giving love before anybody else was. But um, I, I they had shelved us. We was in a group called Crooked Letters. And uh, I moved to New York, and I was outside a penalty every day Damn. before they opened up. And I believe they put our record out just so I could take my ass at home. The big black <laughs> motherfucker. Every day Neil came to work. I was sitting in that motherfucker just like this. Yeah. And it was funny because Noriega told me, he said, you got to scare him. Noriega said, but you can't touch him. He said, throw a couple chairs, but don't touch him. And, uh, and to this day, like, you know, I, I've always been that way. Like, we we go to clubs where people die every day. Yeah. We hang out in places where people die every day, but we scared to get on the plane. You know, we, we take penitentiary chances for some pussy, yeah. but don't want to take penitentiary chances to make your dream come true. Come on. You know, it ain't like, bro, I put everything on us, on my people. Like, and the one thing that I can say that I'm proud of mm -hmm. is people talk about hip hop, but I don't see too many people invest their own money in hip hop. That's right. That billboard, we got we got the first billboard coming out the airport yes, in sir. Atlanta. Anything that you see, we paid for that motherfucker. I feel that. Like, it's funny. <laughs> we had them switch the billboard. Like, it wasn't perfect. And <laughs> I told them, this ain't no, this ain't no, this ain't <laughs> no record label money. Oh, exactly. It's my money. Come on. I remember negotiating with one of my best homeboys. He was a producer. And he kept coming back and forth with the paperwork. And I'm like, bro, every time... You do this, I gotta pay my lawyer. I said, dude, you know me. I said, your publishing check is coming out of my personal account. Yeah. I said, so if you see something in the contract, just come to me. <laughs> like this ain't universal. This me. I'm the and, and and that's hard for some black people to realize that I am a fucking boss. Yeah. Like a real boss. You ain't gotta wait. If if you fucking with me, exactly. That's how that's how I got the beat for play for uh uh for Collar Park. Yeah. I was like, bro. I was like, bro, I don't have what you get paid. Cause he was like, he was really was crazy. I said, but bro, I don't even know I should say the number, but I I was like, bro, I got this. This is what I got. I got this right now. <laughs> he said, in your bag? I was like, bro, I got it right now. <laughs> and it was funny because E40 called me, was one of my best friends. He's like, damn it, better. <laughs> I was gonna get it. I bought I bought that bitch on the spot, dog. My God. And that's how we are right now, bro. Like, I don't know where I got this from, B. Yeah. But he'll tell you, bro, I enjoy paying people. I feel you. Is that strange, though? Most people not like that, are they? Like, I, like, <laughs> I got chased motherfuckers to pay them because yeah. I know how I am about my money. I'm exactly. coming for you. Come on. If you owe me money and you're going to die by the sword that you swing. Facts. So how, how dare I can run up on motherfuckers about my motherfucking money? But then I'm not paying money. That's one of the things I hate the most about the music industry. The main motherfuckers that's popping about all the money that they have don't pay their motherfucking people, dog. And why is that, Banner? I don't know. I'm not them. Yeah. I wasn't built like that. Yeah. Like we, one thing that Sali has taught me that everybody wasn't raised like we were raised. Yeah. And sometimes people are selfish because that's all they ever seen. Mm -hmm. That's how they were treated. You know, I, I was raised with a father. You know, he had two of them. You know what I'm saying? We were raised about men, dog. Thanks. And like, that was the biggest difference between me and my two friends that grew I grew up with. Mm -hmm. When I did the study was my father. 
Yeah. We were around real men. Facts. So like being a man of your word, being admirable. And and I want to put this out here, man. That's that's one of the reasons why some of us have a hard time. Because if admirable men become popular, then you're gonna have to rap. You're gonna have to keep your word. Yeah. You're gonna have to look good. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't lost about 20, 30 since the last time I was in this motherfucker. Put them bitches side <laughs> to side. I look awesome in this bitch. Bro, I cut off all my bro. If it wasn't you, I wouldn't have came here. I wasn't gonna let nobody see me without my beard and shit. <laughs> and I cut off all my hair and shit down. You wanted me to come last week, bro. <laughs> I, I, was this bitch, I was looking like being raised around this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> This motherfucker laughed at me, bro. He laughed at me so hard, though. I feel you. But no, man, I I do want to say this, man, about you, though. Yes, sir. Um, the realness that you brought back to the Shame game, man. bro. You did something that we do on our podcast, bro. Yes, sir. When when I come to interview with you, I don't feel like you're going to sneak some shit on me, some bullshit on me. Facts. We did a Marion uh, when he was going through some of the hardest times in his life. And he went back and told his management and his security people, like, I'm coming back to the David Banner podcast. Come on now. Because I knew that that young man was getting. Catching hell. From everywhere. And I could tell how happy he was. Because I had one question that I did want to ask just so he could clean it up yeah for the people but i realized he didn't give a fuck what nobody thought as long <laughs> as he and his family were happy he didn't really give a fuck exactly so i said i'm not even gonna ask that shit dog he don't even need me to clean his own shit if he wanted to clean this shit up he could clean it up himself exactly and he brought his brother on and you give me that same feeling bro and you are a representation you're not a caricature of the south you yeah. are Yes, sir. And I appreciate what you're doing, man, and to watch you, the Banner. growth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 we know, you know, most people chase after who like that's something that we don't do on our podcast. If everybody else got you on their shit, I don't want you. Yeah. I'd rather go get somebody. Like one of my mentors in that type of shit is Monique. Yeah. Like Monique's <laughs> night show was, was one hard. of the best night shows I've it ever was. seen. And she would give people opportunities who she would go back and get Keith Sweat. Yeah. I remember she did uh, uh, Black Sheep one time. Like yeah. she went and gave people opportunities. And that's one of the things that we try to do. It's like, we got some really powerful friends. Yeah. But like, if you notice, man, some of my best homeboys I haven't brought on my podcast yet because it ain't time for them yet. Come on. You know, I don't want to even burn that up. Exactly. You know I mean? and, I, and I appreciate you, man. And that's the reason why um, between you and I, I'm, I'm on a fast right now. So yeah. I ain't even in my right state of mind. I'm a little loopy. But bro, you don't never ask for shit. And yep. people always say they fucking got you. And most yep. of these, excuse me, I mean it the way I say it, most of these niggas ain't men and they fucking word, dog. I feel that. So if we say we got each other, we got to show each other that. Because we ain't been doing no interviews, have we? Yeah. Nah, I feel you. But you I, call me. Exactly. <laughs> I had to get you on here. See, my thing is about a... We from the South, and mm. you grow up with conversation every day. Yeah. How many times did you hear your mama them having those conversations, and your mama wasn't no celebrity, yeah. but it was entertaining, and you learned, and yeah. you enjoyed hearing it. 
And that's one of the things that I said I'm going to bring in my podcast. I'm going to just have conversations with real Mm -hmm. people about real things because you don't have to be that or this to. But what will happen by you doing that, people will feel comfortable. Like that story about New York. Yeah. I don't think I've ever told that story before, mm. but I trust you yeah. enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was certain things I had that he's teaching me that because I get Gotta on. Edit it. Yeah. I get on and just talk some shit and some of that shit may, can be held against me later on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like when you give people space, you know, I, I think that's that's something that Nori and them do with the drinking. Yeah. Because like I went on drink champs, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to get drunk. But like they were switching up the liquor. <laughs> I got so fucked up on that motherfucker. I just had to hold it together. I was fucked up. I'm talking about I was all the way. The second time I went on that bitch, I had to get a car service. <laughs> Fuck around, get me in trouble in my You got in trouble. Wasn't that the second time? Oh no, that's when I got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got in some real bad trouble. Yeah. I got a real question though for you, Bounder. What's that? You having all of that education, Mm -hmm. still finding yourself homeless, but still achieving massive and ridiculous success. Mm -hmm. For all of those students that are coming out of college with that education, what was your mindset in that gap right there that allowed you to still manage to fulfill your destiny, goals, and dreams? Homelessness was not, uh, homelessness was a choice. Mm Mm-hmm. I've always been a good looking motherfucker. I could've I could have shacked with a couple bras. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For a minute I did that. But um Um I was actually watching Master P. And I was reading a couple of books and I realized there's two types of people that usually make it in the world. Mm. There's rich people who can show you exactly where you need to go or introduce you to the people that can help you, mm-hmm. or people who either they make it or they die. Mm. I didn't have any access to rich people, so I had to burn the bridges. <laughs> I remember reading. I remember reading. I think it was the Art of War. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was the Art of War where they talked about it, this this guy. He had two thousand troops, and they mm. were fighting against I think thirty thousand troops. And when they when he brought the boat up, he burned the bridges. Ev- no, he burned every fucking boat. Yeah. They said the only way y'all gonna make it off this island is if we win. Man. And that's basically what I did. Dog, if I didn't, like, if I didn't sell a CD, I didn't eat. Yeah. When I used to come back and forth to Atlanta, I used to stop at the gas station on E, and if I didn't sell a CD, then I wouldn't get to Atlanta. My God. I remember I used to literally, I used to, I used to press up on white folks. I was so big, I was big and dusty. Had long ass beard. Yeah. And I'd be like, give me my CD. They would give me $20 just to get the fuck away from them. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously. I feel then you. Then I broke down because I was a producer. I had 10 major artists when most people who were independent could only afford one or two. Yeah. But I had, like, 10 major artists. I'm talking about from Pimp C to Raz Cass. Like, I mean, it, it went all UGK, the whole nine. Young Bleed at the time. Like, Jim Crow at the time. Mm-hmm. And just so many people on my CD was be, Jazzy Faye was because I was a producer. Yeah. So I broke it down. I was like, shit, even if you're paying a dollar for a feature, yeah. per feature, you don't give a fuck about me. Yeah. You're going to get your money's worth. Like any way that it took for me, I had already broken down how to sell it. Yeah. And I never forget this. This happened to me. This white lady, mm-hmm. she's about 50 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was at the I was at the gas station selling my CDs and she said, Hey, 
You're not gonna sell me your you're not gonna sell your CD to me? <laughs> she said, You don't think I know who you are, David Banner? Ooh. She said, sell to everybody. I'm a fan. And from that point on, I mm. didn't give a fuck who it was. Yeah. I'm selling that motherfucker. And a lot of times I knew people were scared of me. Yeah. So I'm gonna push up on you even more so you could want me to get me. I, I remember a motherfucker gave me $30 one time <laughs> and was just like, hey bro, just back up. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I appreciate it. And I backed the fuck up. But what I was saying was like not having. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is what pushed me. The crazy thing about it is I was making so much money. But I was putting all that money back mm. into, you know, I could have went and got a house or somewhere, but I built the studio inside the van. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's where that story <laughs> came up for me having a studio inside of my van. Yeah. You know, um, and to a certain degree, to be honest with you, bro. <laughs> Nigga had a studio in the van. Yeah. That's cold, yeah. but. Did DJ want to drop? I was like, I'll give him a drop right then. <laughs> Motherfucker want to burst? You got the bread? We can do it right now. It wasn't no excuse. Yeah. That's why when people come and tell me, you know, how and why they can't, they can't tell me about not doing it. Yeah. A motherfucker, I, a motherfucker said, Banner, I've been grinding. Yeah. I said, how long? He said, two years. I said, bro, I grind 18 years before anybody even looked at me, dog. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think I wanted to represent Mississippi so bad. I wanted to represent black people from the South. Because one thing that I was really proud of when I go back and listen to my first album the way I started that motherfucker off, I'm from a place where your grandmama's scared to come if she ain't from there, if yep. she ain't there now, where your uncles and aunts ran from, nigga. Come on. So I took all the shit that they said about the South, man, yeah. and, and gave that back to people. And I, I, I have to, I, I want to take this time, man, to, to, to really thank Pimp C, rest in peace, who was yes, a really great friend of mine, and Pastor Troy. Yes, sir. I never, I never forget hearing no play in GA mm -hmm. and coming through. And I had never heard an independent song yeah. like that that was on the radio. Yeah. And Troy said, as long as I had GA, cool. I don't need nothing else. Yes, sir. Pimp turned around and said, country rap tunes. Mm. I was like, okay, all right. If that's what we doing, then that's what we gonna do. Mm -hmm. And just the one thing that I would say that I miss is I miss that feeling that we used to have during those times in Atlanta. Like everybody fucked with each other without biting each other's sound. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had their own little pocket. And I figured out, cause I study things. Yeah. I figured out what brought Atlanta together and people never talk about this. What? It was the instrumentalists. Mm. Craig was playing on everybody's yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? All the keyboard players, the different engineers. it, it The live instrumentation yeah. that was in Atlanta sort of brought everything together, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, somebody may be a little bit more bass heavy. Mm -hmm. somebody, some may be a little bit more hip hop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody may be more what people think now is trap music. Yeah. But at that time, it was a group of, of instrumentalists that tied everybody together, man. And uh, I miss, you know, you know, cause once everybody got money, it's like everybody just went to their own corner. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? It's like, we all used to, it's just the camaraderie that we had, you know, the people that used to stay at each other's house, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Where we recorded shit at, man. Yeah. You know, I never forget, man, me and Tip stayed 
and I think it was in Mac Boney's auntie's uh, uh, um, uh, hair shop mm. for a whole weekend because Tip wouldn't drive in Cobb County. Yeah. <laughs> he like, man, I ain't got no license. I ain't got no license. Yep. We would get there on Friday and stay there the Sunday. I mean, because he was like, bro, if, if something happened, I'm going to be in jail. Them. At least Monday. You know, and we did, you know, we we did some of the greatest songs. Like, you know, we did Rubber Band Man in the fucking bathroom. I got to ask you this because you brought up Troy and one of my mm -hmm. favorite songs is Fuck Them Niggas. Mm -hmm. When y'all came together and put that banger together, mm -hmm. what was that energy like? And then just talk to me about that track as well because that yeah. shit was crazy. Well, what's crazy about it is I have been producing for Troy. If you mm -hmm. go back and listen, mm -hmm. I have been doing beats for Troy because Troy was actually, the studio was over there. You know how I go to my house the back way by the airport? Fulton Industrial. That he was over there, like he was that he had a whole studio over there. Yeah. And uh so I I really got an opportunity to see that mm -hmm. early. You know what I'm saying? I, I had some opportunities, man, to be with some of the biggest artists in the world early in the game, just as a producer. Mm -hmm. You know, and his passion and you know, his his the way that he really felt about georgia was real yeah that wasn't just that wasn't no playtime. you yeah. know what i mean and it really it really showed me that i could do the same for my people facts you know what i mean so like by the time me and troy had got together me and troy had knew each other five six seven years and if you really go back and like look at some stuff you'll see on a lot of that stuff, it was one, two David Banner tracks, you know? Yeah. Shout out to Pete, you know what I'm saying? Little Pete. Yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete got one of my banger, like David David Banner banger, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I do want to say one thing um, really quick about Troy Yeah. Um, that I don't think people really give him credit for. Mm -hmm. I think Vice Versa mm -hmm. is one of the deepest songs ever in history of any type of music. Yeah, you know, and the more that now we start seeing where we are in the world, my God, most of this shit that they teach us is a fucking lie. Yeah, so Troy was basically like, "What if heaven is hell and heaven is, you know, what I'm saying, yeah. if heaven is hell and hell is heaven? Exactly. What if they lied to us about everything? everything? You know what I'm saying? And if you really look at this shit now, like I, I give you something really, really simple. You remember how they always told us milk was good for you? Come on, that shit is cow pus. Us. That's a fucking lie, dog. Exactly. It's probably singularly one of the worst things for the human body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They lied to us. I used to drink gallons of milk thinking <laughs> that that shit was making me strong. better. Yeah. Yep. You know? So Christopher Columbus, he didn't even make it to America. Come That's on. a fucking lie. That's a fucking lie, dog. Yeah. They hid Jesus at the time was, I'm talking about darker the midnight. Yeah. It was all African people there at yeah. the time. And they hid Jesus amongst African people. So if Jesus existed, then Jesus definitely is not white. Come on. But if they hid him amongst Africans that's darker than me and you, then if you're going to hide somewhere, you're going to hide amongst people that you fit in with. Come on. But that's neither here nor there. And Troy, I, I don't even believe, you know, Troy really knew. I think he was in the spirit of something that was much yeah. higher than himself when he recorded that song. And I remember being in the club, and and because I'm in music, if you listen to his overdubs, they get louder and louder. <laughs> yeah. So he went, yeah. <laughs> and he went, yeah. And I mean, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they ain't even mixed right, but that's dope. <laughs> you know, I'm with you. Like, and 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 from that point, I realized, man, and and if you listen to these kids, 
I think they are a reflection of the vibe that Troy and John put out because you couldn't explain that pain. Yeah. Um, Charlie Braxton from Jackson, Mississippi once said, it's that feeling when you was a slave and you had to go out in the motherfucking fields and just scream because you couldn't put your hand on that cracker neck yet. Exactly. So like, it's a vibe. Yeah. You can't even really explain that, man. And, and I just think like, vice versa is one of them songs that they should teach a class about, bro. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Pimp C yeah. get booked. That's another one of my all-time favorites yeah. as well. How the hell did that song come about, Bounder? Get Crunk from Pimp C came about, um, when we were in Crooked Letters, they asked us what feature we wanted. And mm. we was like, Pimp C. Come you know on. What I mean? And um, we came down and uh, we did the record. And that's not actually what we got tight at. But mm. I I'll tell that after the record. We came down and record. Pimp we went to Pimp House. And if you really, if you go back and listen to that record, that was actually Rockbox. Mm. From Run DMC. Well, pimp pimp that shit out. Whew. Somebody had just used the sample. My God. And I'm not gonna say who it is, but I said, you know, I was like, pimp, somebody just used that sample. Pimp say, is the shit better than mine, nigga? <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> fuck them then. <laughs> And Pimp went in there, and he basically just did it and put, uh, he did a UGK song and put us in it. But the crazy thing was, and I actually learned from that record. That was the reason why when Like a Pimp dropped, mm -hmm. I went out on the road. Because when you do a feature like that, that's that big, people going to automatically think it's that person's song. Yeah. And it's your responsibility to get out there and run and say, okay, let me go. That's me. That's me. No, that's my record. My record. My record. Me, 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 me. Yep. And if you don't do that, it's going to go down. Because if you really think about it, yeah. people sampled that record. People That's one of people's favorite records, but people never talked about Crooked Letters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was just a Pimp C song. Yeah, see, he, he with me and thought that was a Pimp C song. Damn, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 let me but let me tell y'all this, though. This is very important, man. And um, I just want to say this because somebody asked me about this recently, but I want to give this to you. Yeah. So... People always wondered how me and Pimp C got tight. Yeah. People thought it was from that record. It wasn't. Mm. Pimp C didn't really know who we were, right? Yeah. When Like a Pimp blew up, Pimp was in jail. Mm -hmm. And I was making all this fucking money mm. off of this man's voice. Yeah. Like, don't get it wrong. Like, that beat jamming in the motherfucker. <laughs> I actually think Like a Pimp, that beat, one of the hardest beats in hip-hop history ever. I don't you. give a fuck. Yeah, like, I'm with you. It's just certain songs that when the motherfuckers come on, you know what it is. <laughs> it's funny. He rapped one time, and it was over the Like a Pimp beat, and this was like 10, 12 years before I met you. Yeah. <laughs> um. But my point was, I was like, man, I got to reach out to this man. Yeah. So I start calling people. I found his address in jail, and I wrote to him. Mm -hmm. um, then we started talking, and I knew people were sending him pictures of naked women and stuff. I said, I'm not going to do that. Pimp started on, uh, like, keyboards, yeah. produced it on keyboards, and he wanted to learn how to, to work a drum machine. So I took Polaroid pictures and took square pictures of the drum machine so he could line the bottom of the pictures up. Yeah. And then I taught him how, or to gave him the, the instruction how to work the MP yeah. through those pictures. My God. Then, I, um, everywhere that I went, 
because of his voice, I sent him pictures of it. Yeah. So if he in jail and I'm in Europe and I'm in Europe because of his voice, he could at least see that. I wanted to give him vision. Yeah. Outside of that, and ever since then, me and him were like this, bro. And Pimp C, what people don't understand, him, Scarface, uh, E-40, and Snoop were like, in the music industry, like my mentors in the, in the name those names, but like Pimp C was the only one who understood coming from a town, a small town and blowing up. Yeah. Like the people don't understand the pressures my of God. everybody looking at you yeah. as, cause a lot of times when, when you are popular in a place that doesn't get that kind of light, people actually feel like you are stopping them from being successful. And my success don't have nothing to do with your life. Yeah. I'm not in your way. Black people, for some reason, I think it's because of slavery. We believe one person's success is stopping our shine. If you if you a god and I'm a god, we both sons Come shine on, your light. Shine. And so Pimp C was the one that would always advise me about how to deal with our people when they don't understand. Mm. Pimp C told me a story one time that where he had put on some of his homeboys. Got them like an $800,000 contract. And it didn't work out. And then they turned around and hated him. And he was like, Banner, like, they got the deal because of my affiliation. Like, I don't know what else to do. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I started realizing Pimp C was the one that told me, for the most part, I'm paraphrasing, when people are hurting, they don't hear you. No. It don't matter what the fuck you say if somebody hurting. It, it, until they get in a position where they not hurt no more, they're not gonna see nothing. Yeah. But you, you know? And Pimp C was the one that, he was always there for me. Pimp was the one told me, he was like, Banner, you're smart. He said, just make a couple more like a Pimps. Ooh. He said, it's, it's gonna, people need time to catch up with you. Yeah. He would tell me that all the time. And one of the things that hurt me the most was that Pimp was moving to LA um, one of the places that Snoop lived, one of, uh, I had a place in. And so me, Snoop, Juicy J, and Pimp C's producers um, were going to work on Pimp C album. And the crazy thing was, I remember one of the last things he, taught, he, he told me is like, them girls like you, Banner. Because <laughs> I had just lost them 50 pounds. That's when Scott had knocked that weight off me. He was like, don't girls like you. He said, don't tell nobody, man. I want to get in the gym with you. So, like, Pimp was, you know, I look at him and Nipsey. They were very similar yeah. without being similar outwardly. Mm -hmm. um, people don't even remember that I had, what I had uh, uh, Nipsey on my album, like, what, 10, 15 years before he came out? It was at least 10 years, wasn't it? I don't remember. It was the it was the the sex, drugs, and video yeah, game, the Californication. Yeah. And Nipsey had told me back then. The first thing Nipsey gave me was a book, mm. and he was like, "Bro, I'm gonna take all this shit and use it for the greater good." Mm. Pimp C, if you listen to that last UGK album that came out major, listen yeah. to the shit that him and Bun was on. Yeah. They was slowly. He said, "It's just gonna take me a little bit longer because all the people that love me, dope dealers, pimps, and hoes." Yeah. He said, just gonna take a little bit more time, but Pimp C was going in that direction, bro. Especially about uniting first Texas. Yeah. You know, cause if he couldn't, if he couldn't bring Houston, PA, you know, Texas together, then 
it wouldn't make sure since him trying to put the South together. Exactly. But he had plans, and it's so crazy. Pop was the same way. Yeah. You know, Nipsey, you know, Pimp. And so, like, for me, just having his presence and him telling me, like, Banners, just keep going. Don't stop. You just gotta you just you just gotta spoon feed people for a while. They say that hip hop so. is one of the most dangerous professions out here, man. What are your thoughts on that? And then how do you feel about these young artists never being able to really fulfill their own destiny due to murder and violence in the street? Um, I sort of think that's bullshit. Yeah. Being a black man on this planet Ooh. is dangerous. Ooh. I'm I'd much rather a motherfucker make some money while they doing it. Yeah. Cause they're killing us every day, regardless. Yeah. I remember, I remember, uh, uh, I forgot what college I was at. One of these big Ivy League white colleges. I was lecturing, and a young, beautiful black girl asked me. She said, "David Banner, um, don't you feel like, you know, the white folks are gonna kill you?" Mm. And I asked her. I said, "What was Trayvon Martin doing when he got murdered?" Come on now. And she said, "Walking down the street with some tea and some skittles." I said, "So I'd rather." You know, be fighting for something or say something because they're killing us any motherfucking way. That's one of my biggest criticisms with our people. Like, if you die, you're going to die. Yeah. So you you taking penitentiary chances and death chances doing the bullshit. Why you can't take them kind of chances when they rape a little black girl or they beat our grandmother up or they bomb a motherfucking church? You know, a, a cracker walk in a church and kill our elders. Yeah. What a tough motherfuckers at then. Niggas is hella, niggas is hella tough. Yeah. And then hella pussy at the same time, dog. Come on. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, bro, the thing that I'll say, man, is just be bold in whatever you're going to do. If you're going to pimp, pimp everybody. Don't just pimp your own, folks. If you a gangster, be a gangster to everybody. That's what I liked about your mentor. Because your mentor hung that white boy over the side of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you gonna if you a gangster, you a gangster towards everybody. Yeah, you know, and so like like for me, I I just think that once we start loving ourselves, like I love black folk. Yeah, and I study our people. So and, and a quick example of that, you know, the reason why we have haters so bad in our community. Out to me. It's because during slavery, when one slave would escape, they would beat every slave on the plantation nearly to death. Mm. So we started connecting. That, that trauma, they say that the trauma Pass that down. Jewish people have, that Native Americans have, that African people have, it's passed down through your genetics at a cellular level. Ooh. So when we see a motherfucker, that's why when, a, a, when somebody get out of prison, we'll throw a party for them. But if a motherfucker, you know, open up his own business, we won't support him. Or we feel like we, you know, we'll run to every other person and let them have stores in our neighborhoods. And I want to tell y'all something about really quick about technology. Yeah. Any motherfucking company that comes to your community that won't allow your children to bag groceries or be a teller, they shouldn't be in our communities. If people not working at the register. And another thing I want to say, and because I like when you make your clips, so I'm going to look directly <laughs> at the camera. I love technology. Yeah. But black people are running towards anything white people do. If black people don't have a vested interest in the technology, then our people shouldn't be using it. And I'm gonna tell you why. One of the things that I hear black people talking about all the time is cryptocurrency, right? Thanks. Which is cool, but just like Instagram, just like Twitter, as soon as these white folks 
As soon as they feel like you're doing too much, what do they do to the Honorable uh, Minister Farrakhan? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yeah. They took him off of social media. He wasn't doing the shit that these crackers be doing. He was just telling the fucking truth. So you mean to tell me that you're going to put all of your money online too? So they can see everywhere you spend, every fucking where that you go, and if they decide that you a threat, they can push one fucking button and all your money gone? Huh. Nigga. Huh. And I said, I mean that when yeah. I say I nigga. <laughs> Bro, don't I keep cash around in case we got to run? <laughs> don't I keep pistols around in case we got to run? <laughs> three months, right? Three that's, months. that's my I keep three months worth of shit. So if we got to run, even if we got to go sell fucking uh, 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 mango and fish. I Come don't on. give a fuck. Three months, if we can't get it together in three months, fuck that shit. We dead. <laughs> Straight up, dog. But 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 for real though, if if I'll just say this, man, and um I do want to say that I'm thankful. Yeah. Um I am one of the few people who hip hop allowed to grow up. Mm. You know, I I'm one of the few people who I did switch up. Um Andre did it early, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, I seen something, and um, I wanted, I wanted to help. Um, and people have really, really been supporting me, and um, in a way that is amazing. Not like they support them crackers, not not like they do Louis Vuitton and Gucci, mm -hmm. but I'm able to pay my people, and we growing. When you spoke of that money earlier and you were saying you were making a lot of money, but you was putting it back into the business. Mm -hmm. And then you got to a point where you were making more money than you could spend. Mm -hmm. What was the difference between those two banners right there? Um, the, the young banner, I was crazy, bro. Um, I had a saying that I, I, I chased after my dream so long and so hard that when I raised my head, I realized I ran off and left everything else. Mm. I don't have no children. I had to go find sustainable relationships. Mm -hmm. Like where I used to stay in the studio two, three nights, like at a time. And I realized I looked up one day and I I had used my success and my my success as an excuse not to be a great friend. Mm. I realized like my little brother needed me. Yeah. But I just made sure that mom had money for him. Yeah. But he needed his big brother. Yeah. You know, I had some things that I heard about, like, with my little brother that I would have handled. Yeah. But that they kept away from me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I realized that I had to balance that shit off. Sali wants some of the old David Banner back. I'm trying to bring some of it back. We, he was like, we need that run one more time. <laughs> but, um, but like, I just, I just, I just, I wanted, I, I, I wanted to just balance life off a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, Who's, what's the basketball player that used to, David West, right? Yeah. David West said something so amazing about basketball players. Mm -hmm. He said that white people have us wanting to be great basketball players so bad mm -hmm. that they make us forget about being human beings. Mm -hmm. And now that our kids are only concerned about the bag, yeah. if you're a great basketball player, that's not an excuse for you being a fucking asshole. Come on, man. You're being a fucking asshole. Like, you still should get your ass beat. <laughs> I believe so many niggas need to be snatched. You oh, know? Answer me this though, Banner, in that chase for the money, was there any happiness that you were able to 
obtained during that time while you started to see your bank account grow or was it one because I had somebody tell me the other day I'm pissed because I didn't embrace the journey I didn't at all you see what I'm saying so what are you supposed to do because that journey seems like folks is going through hell the whole time and then the bag kind of pops up out of nowhere so I mean what the fuck the, the, the crazy thing about and me and Sali talk about this because I haven't really seen somebody as young as he is, and it's because his brother. What's the biggest gap between you and the brother next to you? Yeah, nine years. yeah, like nine years. So yeah. like, his brothers was listening to the music we listened to, yeah. so his soul is old. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about the fact that like, I um, I worked so hard, bro, that I I I didn't enjoy none of this shit. And, and like because we were from the south i was always very particular about how people viewed us yeah. and that's something that tip actually taught me bro like people looking at us because that's the reason why if you remember how how bad i used to wild out on tv yeah when tip when i when i peeped tip tip always had a as wild as he could be he had like this he meant that king shit. yeah you know what I'm saying? He was always, he always held himself. Yeah. He never lost control. Yeah. So I slowly started <laughs> pulling myself in, but I realized, man, like, I never really had fun. Damn. And the crazy shit, that money gonna go unless you invested in something. Yeah. Like what what uh, uh, CeeLo said, that that little money be gone. Come on. Bro, I, this is the saddest thing in the world. I, most of my money deteriorated in the beginning because I didn't pack clothes. You know, if you think if you on tour seven days a week and you buy an outfit every day, you know, even if that's four hundred dollars, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Times five days in a the week, then times four, then times twelve. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what what I will say is that um the difference between me and other people is this is what's gonna surprise most people. I'm just actually getting started. Mm. Like the shit that we doing now, people wouldn't believe. We just got finished with a Best Buy commercial. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So like, motherfuckers be, a lot of I never forget that this really happened, bro. There's no cap at all. I was in LA one time, dude was drinking at the bar. He was trying to be an asshole without being an asshole, cause I'm a little bit too big to be an yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah. He was like, hey David Banner, we ain't hurt you in a minute. No bullshit. The my Gatorade commercial. I did the second biggest Gatorade commercial in history. It happened to be on TV. Damn. The old me would have been like your pussy ass nigga. I'm all around you, motherfucker. You need to be where I am. I looked up, and it was so fucked. That was just like perfect. The divine yeah. talking to me. I was like, bro, I'm trying my best. Come on. Sipped on my drink and left it at that. Ooh. You know, it, it ain't, if people don't know what you're doing, they can't stop you. But, but what what I will say is that I do not know why, but black people fuck with me. I'm just trying to find a way to make it make sense so that we can benefit in this time because we got, I think actually we losing it, but I'll say about a year, about a year, about two years ago, we got an opening where we can actually make some systemic long-term changes yeah. and other groups have been really coming in, snatching <laughs> what we built 
And because we're such a kind people to everybody but ourselves, that time is dissipating. So we're just trying to, man, you know, the the next level for us is that we're about to jump into this movie thing. And we're going to have to do it fast because the same thing that happened in music is happening in the movies now. Yeah. You know, with the straight, you know, to HBO Max and all of these different places. Um, We're about to jump in this movie game, man. And and then we're about to start buying some water and some electricity and some farmland. When you speak of movies and television, I need you to speak on Empire and being able to work with Terrence Howard, (sighs) man. What game did he lay on you, Banner? You did a great job, bro. (laughs) Um. It's 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 funny. Um, Terrence Howard was probably one of one of the real game changers for me mm-hmm. because he let me in. Like he said, he saw danger in my eyes. Ooh. He said, "You're gonna be a great actor if you choose." He's like nobody has really pushed him. He said, I, he said that I pushed him the most more than anybody else on that show. My God. And he said, if you want this, you can have it. But let me tell you what he taught me. Uh-huh. And he didn't do this in front of everybody. He pulled me to the side. He told me Denzel did this to him. Damn. He pulled me to the side, took me all the way down the street in Chicago. And um, I guess I was a little nervous and didn't know I was. And <laughs> I, I was doing this. Yeah. And slouching a little bit. Uh, and he said, what does an animal do when they're scared? He said, they either tuck their tail or protect their genitals. <laughs> he said, you have influence in our community, and those kids are going to stand how you stand. Yeah. It don't have nothing to do with the words coming out your mouth. Yeah. It's your presence. Yeah. He said, stand like a man, bro. Yeah. And he said... Don't make my job easy. He said, believe every time we got a scene, I'm trying to take that motherfucker. He said, so no, I'm coming for you. Come for me. Shit. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) And then I'm going to tell you something that they probably don't want me to tell Mm y'all. Like, um, Sali is not a trainer, but he's in one of the greatest, probably in shape better than anybody that I know. I started training with Sali when I was doing Empire. So I was sorta I was sorta jacked at the yes. time. <laughs> he told the producers, because they had me dressing like I was from the 80s. And I was like, I usually bring my own clothes because I like being fly. I yeah. represent a certain group of people. Yeah. Um, re- remind me to tell you what Nitty told me about okay. acting. Remind me of that because I, I forget. Um, but Terrence told told him, put that boy in some dope clothes. Let him be a formidable. A opponent yeah. to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at that boy's arms. Like, show him, show his fucking arms. Exactly. Do something. And from that point, they start putting me in some fly shit. <laughs> and we start chopping. But this is what I'll tell you. They try to paint Terrence as a problem. Mm. He is not. He has certain standards that he wants for black people. Yeah. And he's not going to let anybody make black people look bad. Yeah. And he means that with all his, he sat down and let me into his life and he didn't have to. Mm. He showed me like there's certain things I can't talk about because that's his life. You don't have to talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. But he said, Banner, this is the reason why this happened and it happened this way, this way. And I was like, damn, sort of like what Mr. Moody did for me in business. Yeah. And he, he, Terrence actually said, Banner, if you want it, 
you could take this game, he said, because certain things that people have to make up, mm -hmm. you've lived it. Yeah. He said, so it ain't acting for you. You just have to find it. Yeah. And you have to you have to learn how to to melt it in with the character that you plan. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, bro, that that changed everything. And I appreciate Terrence, bro. Like yeah. anything that dude need, I'm I'm here for him, bro. And what you say, Nitty say? Oh, so me and Nitty are, are, are tighter than anybody will ever know. Yeah, um, uh, we got some stories that we should probably you know the movies that you want to make, the TV shows you want. <laughs> we could take some of me anyway. Uh, Nitty a real one. Uh, yeah. Nitty called me when. I was doing the butler and he don't know how much um this impacted my life mm -hmm. nitty's always gonna be nitty first yeah. of all he calls me and says now this is when i'm super woke banner he <laughs> say nigga <laughs> i'm sitting in the motherfucking movie shouting i seen you up there with oprah winfrey he said now nah, Niggas from where we from, come on, that shit don't exist. We know who you are, exactly. And to see you on the motherfucking screen next to Oprah Winfrey lets me know that I can make it too. Yeah. Shit. A lot of times we living for a purpose that's bigger than us. Yeah. There's a few. There's a few people who I would, and most people don't know this about me that I like to put my motherfucking hands around their neck. <laughs> but the peace and the love that we show other people is bigger than me putting my hands on them. Yeah. So us being peaceful towards each other means more to these kids because we can't tell these kids to stop gang banging and killing each other if we don't get along. Yeah. That's actually something that me and Tip talked about. Like, bro, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta show love for each other exactly. more outwardly you know what i'm saying yeah so that these kids can see how, how can we tell them to fuck with each other and we don't fuck with each other outwardly come on and that's when we made more of an effort to stand for each other bro so like when nitty told me that bro it let me know that more people are looking at us it's about nitty beats know. yeah okay now that's my dog nitty yeah. i would have jumped in there earlier yeah. Yeah. I know yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah, my homie, yeah. that's my homie, homie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get a chance to holler at Oprah while you was on set? Nah, okay, I didn't. okay. I um, I, I have a tendency, bro. When uh, I'm on set, I I don't play. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I already know. I think you know people respect me a little bit more. A lot of people don't know how extensive, yeah, how much work I've done. Yeah, you know what I'm saying as an actor. Because the real truth is, and Lee knows this about me. Um, I don't like to acting like being David Banner. That's not acting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like me that. with a whole bunch of pistols and shit. That's real life. Yep. Uh, oh, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> we was worried coming up here. We were like, oh, <laughs> hope they ain't got them. But, uh, but no, nah, but seriously, though, like, I don't, I, I want to be like my. My favorite role was being a lawyer. That was yeah. hard because I can't fudge that. Yeah, you know, there's certain technical terms that you have to know. Facts. You know, so you have to break yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's something that a lot of our egos, especially when we're successful in another part of our life, yeah, we won't allow ourselves to be broken and rebuilt again. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, yeah, I'm grateful. 
I'm about to start rapping in a second, but my question is now, when you look back over your career and you said that you had your uh, head in the sand and then you looked up, you done achieved everything, but then you didn't have fun, what advice would you have to somebody that's going through that journey right now and what do they need to do to enjoy that process? Just enjoy the process, but don't let it control you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because then that's when it gets out of control. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm glad that I aired on that side yeah. and not wilding out. Thanks. Because one of the things that I never understood, and I'm not judging anybody else's career, is why in the fuck do you come from death and you want to bring death with you to your blessing? Shit. Like, that's why I never brought nobody around me who wasn't working. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing something and you don't have a fucking job, you can't come. I don't come to your motherfucking job. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So everybody that's around me has something to do. It ain't Because if you notice, it's usually the motherfucker that's hanging out. Yeah. Not the motherfucker that's rapping or doing beats. They working. Yeah. You feel me? Um, but, like, dude, the, the truth is, man, I went to Obama's inauguration with Jay-Z, Puffy, and Beyonce. My God. And, you know, I was trying to make sure that I represented the South in a way where I didn't want motherfuckers to think I was a groupie, <laughs> but I didn't take a picture of that moment. What? Oh, now nah, you know what, what I'm saying? saying. I'm with you like, now. Yeah, I didn't want motherfuckers like we front. Like I deserve to be in this bitch. Exactly. They not taking pictures, but but I took that opportunity away from my children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Damn. You know? I'm with you on that. So it's like it's 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 a balance, and then it's also knowing that I'm gonna, I'm gonna make those moments again because I might be, you know, if I decide to do something like I can make those moments for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's almost like Sali. I asked Sali, like, bro, who you who you who, who you really would like to see? And, you know, Snoop was his favorite. Yeah, yeah. And I was able to usher that in for him. And that makes me happier than anything. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. God Box 2. Mm -hmm. I'ma need you to come back because I gotta marinate on that album too, mm -hmm. Bounty. We gotta break that thing down as well. I'm gonna play you one record before we leave. Yeah, yeah. Not, not in front of the camera. Oh, exactly. No, I'm here for that. Um, but but what I'll tell y'all, man, is that support DavidBanner.com. Yeah. Um, we're finishing up a movie. Uh, I want to say thank you to Regina, Sally, yeah. my whole staff at a Banner Vision. Um, because the stuff that they doing, like, I'll put his clothes up against anybody's shit. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? And he gets he gets really frustrated a lot of times, man, because he said people ask mm -hmm. for certain shit, but they don't really want fly shit. They want it from who they like the most. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I just told him, just keep being dope. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for your dopeness because when they come, they're going to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just proud of the stuff. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when I first came on your show and I mm -hmm. said my dream was to have on me from head to toe? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> we got everything but draws. <laughs> Seriously, though, don't we? We got shoes. Yeah. We got the shorts. We got the socks. Facts. We got the buttons, the shirts, the and jackets. And it look good, though. Oh, yeah, we beating and the shit out good. of bitch ass. We on they motherfucking ass. I'm with you. We on they motherfucking ass. And I'm telling people, do not talk that shit. You spend money on them crackers, and I'm never going on sale. Yep. Remember this about David Banner. I am one of two things. I'm too expensive or I'm for free. 
Yep. And if you get me for free, that means I'm priceless. You couldn't afford it anyway, Come motherfucker. Come but on. I am never going on sale. None of my shit is ever, ever going on sale. Yeah. Don't ask me about that shit. We do quality. It's we 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 manufacture shit. We make sure that people have the best. Yep. And you got to pay for that shit. And the thing is, if anything ever is wrong with our shit, we're gonna give you that and some more. Ooh. Am I right? We're gonna double up if you, if I shit ain't ain't because bro, I believe in customer service. Yeah. Bro. And I am grateful that people um support me, man. Uh will there be a lecture series to go with this God box too? Um what we got on this album. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be on the run after you drop it. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I I do want I do want to give you something. I can't say who it is, but yeah. um starting September, I'm producing one of the biggest artists on the planet. Damn. And um, when they called me, I thought that they were saying, because I'm the type of person, I send people beats yeah, like all the time. And this person was doing a movie. Mm -hmm. And so they had to go into quarantine. yeah, So they couldn't do nothing. And they went through the, all their emails. Damn. And they called me and was like, yo, uh, there's two people that's producing my album. And I was really, I really thought they were saying, um, that it was going to, I could be the third person. Yeah, I feel you. But they was like, Swizz Beats and you Ooh. are doing my whole fucking album. That's gonna be crazy. So like, I'm excited because I get the opportunity to overcharge all these motherfuckers. <laughs> Cause the same thing happened with Rubber Band Man. Yeah. I never talked about this, but I had put that beat on all the beat tapes all around. And then as soon as Rubber Band Man came out, people was like, why you didn't play that for me? Nigga. And in my head, I was like, nigga. <laughs> exactly. And I don't even use the word, Come nigga. on, bro. Stop it. Come on. I said, I do better next time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, man, I appreciate you. DaveBetter.com. Y'all support Godbox. We love y'all. We appreciate it. Down up. Thank you as always, oh, man, boss. Joy, appreciate man. you coming through this thing. I mean, get you some coffee or something. Oh, man. Man. I'm about to get out. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to get out. Be high, ready, yo. Shout it, David yeah, Banner. We go. Holla.